Welcome to Slow Stories. I'm Rachel Schwartzman, the founder of Connected Editorial and the host and creator of this podcast. For those of you just joining in, Slow Stories is a series that deep dives into the rising slow content movement. In each of these episodes, I interview brand builders, entrepreneurs, and creative professionals who share what slow content means in the context of what they're building and why slowing down and creating thoughtful stories is more important than ever. Today's episode begins with an opening story from Megan Zink, who shares a book that inspired her to embrace conscious consumption. Here's more from Megan. Hi everyone, my name is Megan Zink, and I am a content marketer, photographer, and the founder of an inclusive digital media platform called Color and Curiosity that aims to inspire through interviews and encourage lifelong learning, especially through travel and exploration. Something that made me recently slow down and take a step back is a book my mom gave me by Patagonia founder Yvon Chouinard called Let My People Go Surfing, The Education of a Reluctant Businessman. In addition to profound business lessons for all the entrepreneurial spirits out there, Yvon spends a great deal of time talking about Patagonia's sustainability and earth-driven missions, even pledging 1% of their sales to the preservation and restoration of the natural environment. In fact, Much of their marketing actually focuses on encouraging people to mend and send their clothes in to be fixed rather than buying something new. One particularly profound takeaway I gathered for reading this book that made me completely reconsider the way I was living my life was the idea that everyone today, businesses, media outlets, celebrities, is perpetuating this culture of consumerism, that more is better, that you need that next trendy thing. Since being forced to slow down and make do without certain things, I've come to realize that I can indeed survive with, and am arguably happier with, less. That aha realization solidified a little more for me each time I stared at the contents of my closet instead of actually wearing the things in it, each time I looked at all of the unused beauty products sitting in my bathroom, and each time I opened our closets or pantries regarding how much unnecessary stuff we actually have. I hope this reset period inspires everyone to take a step back and reconsider the things that are really important, that are worth focusing on and putting back into our lives. Thank you so much again to Megan for sharing. Again, the book she mentioned was Let My People Go Surfing, The Education of a Reluctant Businessman by Yvonne Chouinard, founder of Patagonia. Now here's my conversation with Jamie Schmidt. It's often the little things that culminate in the milestones that create defining moments in our lives. Though if you ask many of the world's leading changemakers to share their stories and secrets, they often attribute their success to a happy accident. Jamie Schmidt wrote the book on this, and her accidental foray into entrepreneurship culminated in her purpose-driven approach to building businesses with value and building them on her own terms. When she was 31 years old and eight months pregnant, Jamie unknowingly began building what would become the industry-leading natural personal care company, Schmidt's Naturals. Her experiences from maker to mogul eventually culminated in her future endeavors, which include co-founding Color, a contemporary investment firm, and most recently, Supermaker, a media company and forthcoming book that chronicles Jamie's experiences and expertise in building a better way to business in our constantly changing landscape. While the book's mission is to add value and insight into the world 
world of conscious entrepreneurship, this process created an opportunity for Jamie to slow down and reconnect with her story in a way that she hasn't been able to in quite some time. And as we collectively navigate and write a new chapter about what it means to build businesses today, Jamie's endeavors remind us of the opportunity that comes when we make space for creativity to unfold in directions that we never thought were possible. In this interview, Jamie shared more about her entrepreneurial journey, the process of writing her forthcoming book, Supermaker, and what she's learned about leading with value in the businesses that she's built and the stories that she's told. So without giving too much more away, here's my conversation with Jamie Schmidt. I'd say these days my work is is really less of a profession and more of a lifestyle. Um, it's become such a part of me through, you know, growing Schmitz and now everything that I'm doing to support entrepreneurs. It's become like a, a true personal passion of mine. Um, but of course, you know, outside of, of that piece, um, there's a lot, there's a lot to me. <laughs> um, I'd say, you know, one of my favorite things is, um, is being outdoors. I, so I grew up in Michigan and that's just been, you know, the, being a Midwestern girl has just been a huge part of me throughout my adulthood, but my life has changed so much since, since moving. Um, you know, I'm in Portland now, of course there's access to, a lot of hiking trails and, and opportunities here to be outside and um but in growing the business that you know I kind of lost um connection with that and so now that I have a little bit more time on my hands like I'm so happy to get back to that lifestyle it's just really important for me and my mental health and just like resetting myself when I start to feel overwhelmed um but I think you know like defining yourself um can be confusing I think it's like an an ongoing thing right? like we're changing constantly right and um it's confusing and uh, I think the older we get sometimes the the harder it is to really you know, pinpoint who we are as people yeah and I think it just that kind of speaks to the heart of what I'm trying to get out with slow stories which is to kind of lead into the pace and you know enjoy the process as you go along yeah I just I'm so grateful for like what you do with this because I feel like we need more of it and there's just like podcasts even for example I've done so many just like focused on business and growth and, and that whole side of myself and like it's nice to focus on this other piece and just like the slowing down part is like so personal to me right now so I'm happy to be on here talking about it oh thank you so much yeah I mean I think pace is a really big theme that's coming up in a lot of the conversations around what it means to build businesses now and I feel like in a lot of ways you were ahead of that um in the sense of the wellness aspect that's been um, so prominent throughout everything that you've done. And, you know, we'll get into that shortly, but I think another kind of nice introductory question that I always like to ask is if there's a story, whether it's an article or a poem, a book that has made you slow down or has kind of challenged or changed your perspective. I think just the process of writing my own book has, has changed me, you know, just that just going back in time from when I started the business and, you know, even before that, my book, you know, starts off with, you know, my childhood in Michigan and who I was through college. And then this kind of soul searching journey uh, to find purpose in my work. And in writing that, you know, there was a lot of just like self-discovery and it, it sort of shaped um, my perspective now. And a big part of that was just like realizing how much I had evolved, especially as a businesswoman. So when I started the business, Schmidt's Naturals in 2010, up until an acquisition seven years later, I had just grown so much 
not just as a business person, but as a, a human. And it's cool to look back and take that time to acknowledge it and, you know, and tell yourself like, congratulations. <laughs> Cause when we're so busy and caught up in the business, we don't, we don't take the time to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really nice segue into talking more about what you've done and how you've kind of learned some of those lessons in terms of, you know, slowing down to appreciate how much hard work goes into what you do. I know this is a question you've probably been asked hundreds of times by now, but with everything from Schmitz to color to Supermaker, tell us a little bit more about that timeline and how mindfulness has evolved along with it in terms of how you approach some of these things. Well, leading up to, you know, the formation of Schmitz, um, I, had, I had explored a lot of different jobs and career options and nothing was really speaking to me. Um, well, I'm so thankful that I never settled. Like I knew there was something else out there that I would be happy with, but I just didn't know what it was. And so I was determined to find it and I didn't really find it until I was 31, you know, and that's a little later in life than some people. And in starting Schmitz, um, things took off so fast and my life changed so quickly and it was just something I'd never anticipated. Um, and I look back on it now and I think it was just a, a whirlwind of like seven years of, of growth and chaos and just like excitement. Um, so that, you know, seven years, I, I scaled the business from my kitchen um, to, you know, leaving this huge manufacturing facility of 150 employees and then caught interest from a few companies that wanted to, to buy Schmitz. Um, and the acquisition happened in 2017. Um, after that, um, I didn't know, you know, what, what the rest of my life looked like, you know, the business had become such a part of my identity, you know, my name was on the brand and, um, it's all, all my energy had been you know put into this business. And so I didn't know, you know, what, what the future looked like. And I was still tied to the brand, which, which is great. And I'll always be connected. Um, but I'm not in an operational role. And so I had a lot of free time. Um, and I understood that I just still wanted to have impact and I'd learned, so much about business that I knew other other entrepreneurs and you know makers and artists could could benefit from and wanting to start and scale their own businesses and so I, I realized you know there are a couple of ways that I could I could help. Um, one was through creating an investment fund called Color. There aren't a lot of investors who have the the operator experience you know that I had gained through running my own business. A lot of investors really just, they come with capital in a business sense, but they haven't been through it. And so I was really excited to offer, you know, my expertise and my experience. And so that's been really cool to just help these other, you know, young brands grow through investment, but also through sharing of my own, you know, personal wisdom that I had gained as a businesswoman. And also I knew there'd be a great opportunity to, to write a book. Um, I understood that my story was really special and one that a lot of people could relate to and learn from and, um, so I decided to write Supermaker. I spent a good year and a half or so on it, um, was scheduled to launch in April and then COVID-19 hit and I chose to delay it so I could put my energy elsewhere. And so during the last six months, you know, this COVID period, I built a um, project called the Entrepreneurial Dream Project, which uh, awards new business founders uh, money to help keep their entrepreneurial dream alive during, while, while building during COVID. And so that took up some time of mine. And now I'm... Um, I'm coming up to my book launch finally, um, which was postponed to September 8th. So that'll be coming out soon. And yeah, excited to finally get it out to the world. It's so amazing. Every time I hear your story, there's just a little bit more that's added on that never fails to amaze me. And I'm curious too, especially as you've done some of the more recent things this year, 
how you've kind of seen a change in your relationship with pace because so many factors have influenced us to slow down and take a step back. But it seems like you found a really nice balance in terms of staying productive and inspired while still recognizing the need to slow down a little bit. Yeah, it's still, it's hard. I I think when like COVID first hit, I did kind of see it as an opportunity to slow down and maybe, you know, the things I check off my list, or maybe my list is shorter each day of things to check off, right? And it's more about focusing on mental health and my family and just navigating this whole new world that we're living in. Um, but there's been other things that have entered my world. Like, I think I've become a lot more tied to social media than I was before, um, especially when I was growing the business. I, you know, I used it for for the business, but I wasn't using it, you know, for my own kind of personal use. And now, you know, like, right around the time COVID hit, I really jumped into Twitter. I was late into the game, but, um, but once I started that, then I've been a little bit, you know, I was kind of not obsessed with it, but like probably, probably a little more heavily engaged than, um, than I need to be, or than I really want to be. But it's, then you have this pressure to like, keep up with, you know, the latest conversation or, um, to be relevant and make sure you don't miss, you know, some, some conversation on there that you, you know, you could be a part of and add value to. And so there's been new stresses and that have entered my life and things that I feel obligated to. Uh, so I just need to to work on my balance and, you know, figure out what's, what's important and how much time I want to spend on different things. I mean, I think to your point about Twitter, for me personally, I, for some reason, just can't seem to be able to go there. It's just this endless void of so much at once. And I think, you know, we're seeing the ramifications of that, especially as so many of the conversations that we're having affect how we're all showing up and engaging with one another. And obviously with slow stories, I'm very interested in exploring pace as it relates to our digital age and how we tell stories and connect. And this is something that I always like to ask each of my guests. What does this idea of slow content or storytelling mean to you and based off of some of your experiences and relationships using these outlets why do you think it's important i think you know by slowing down and and kind of narrowing our content focus we get more value from what we're reading there's a lot more substance behind it um and we can learn in a way that's um I guess more deep seated and um, kind of has a longer term impact on us. You know, the quick newsy bits that we read or that we're these conversations that we're a part of, they can be overwhelming, they can be confusing, and we sort of maybe even lose lose track of like how we might feel about a topic, and we get so stuck in the conversation that we don't take the time to like really reflect and understand how we even feel about it. I think you're prone to um, the influence of other people's opinions too. Right. So slowing down, sitting with content, reflecting on it on an individual basis, I think is just really healthy. Yeah. And it's definitely proven to be top of mind as we all become more reliant on some of these tools. And I think it's always been interesting the role that storytelling and content has played for so much of what you do professionally. And obviously with Supermaker, that's twofold. So in addition to the book, you first launched a platform of the same name. And I'm curious what the thought process was behind that and how it kind of inspired your process in terms of writing the larger story of Supermaker and why you felt there might be a need to create both of these spaces. Yeah. Um, So with the development of the book, you know, I really 
saw opportunity to make, you know, my story more of kind of a multimedia um, opportunity. Um, so with that, you know, of course we have the, the printed book and the audio, um, but then this platform that you mentioned, uh, supermaker.com was an opportunity to put out other content, um, you know, less focused on, on my personal story, but um, telling of other brand stories and just providing information that could be helpful to other early stage entrepreneurs or makers or artists, uh, creatives that are looking to, um, you know, to learn um, and scale their own businesses. And so the timing of it was really opportune. It was, you know, we launched um, June, 2019 and have really built up this beautiful community. And when COVID hit, it was just, just the perfect opportunity to share content that could be really valuable in these um, crazy difficult times. So for example, we had a lot of content around working from home, what that looks like, tips, you know, to, to help you through it, um, information on ways to get funding for businesses that are struggling right now. And um, so I'm really grateful, you know, to have the platform that so we could reach so many people to help. Um, and through that platform, we also developed the dream project that I mentioned, and that was the um, creation of a mentor network um, that we gave access to for 10 founders. Um, we had 1,700 people apply um, and 10 people won. Um, and it was all hosted through this, um, through our Supermaker site as well. And now the focus is shifting towards the book. Um, so this community um, that has been engaged with our content is is excited now to read um, the Supermaker story. And, um, and then we'll, we'll build from there and we'll see where it takes us. It's super amazing. Huh? That was no <laughs> pun intended. Um, but yeah, and I think what I really love about that approach is that you know, no matter the cadence of Supermaker online or offline, everything that has been published is something that businesses or business owners rather can refer back to as they, you know, grow their own endeavors or even pivot. And I think that's always been very central to how you've approached everything that you've done. And I'm curious too, you know, storytelling is something that we explore on this podcast, but I think in the larger kind of industry, it's a little bit of a conundrum in the sense that it can be something that's very compelling or something that is devoid of meaning, especially in a time of buzzwords and trends. And as you went back to writing an actual physical book, I'm wondering if your relationship with storytelling overall has changed as a result of this process. Yeah, it has. Um, you know, my focus now is, you know, when I'm writing, I really just want to pull, you know, like lessons and like, I want everything I say, not everything, but <laughs> the content that I put out to, to have, um, you know, value to the people that are reading it. Um, you know, what lessons can other people learn from my stories and experiences? And there's an art to that. And like, let's say, take Twitter again, for an example, like, you know, I can tweet um, something that I'm proud of or something I've done, but like, can I word it in a way that like helps you know, inspire or teach somebody else. And so there's just, there's sort of a craft to, to the way we produce content um, where we can still tell our personal stories and talk about things we've done, but do it in a way that other people can learn from. Was it hard for you? Do you identify with, you know, writing or was it something that you had to kind of warm up to? Uh, I've always enjoyed writing and, you know, been good enough at it. But I, I think, I think more now from the reader's perspective um, when I'm writing. And less like, you know, less about what I want to say, but more like how is this going to be perceived and what value is it adding? Yeah. 
obviously the book will be on sale, but would you be open to reading a small section? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I'll just read the beginning of chapter one. I think honestly, like chapter one's my favorite because it's just, just paints this picture of like everything that led up to me starting the business and like the rest of the book's amazing and it has like tons of, you know, stories and like tells all the challenges that I went through and a lot of takeaway advice for entrepreneurs. Um, but one can, kind of sets the stage and um, I enjoy it. Um, yeah, so I'll just, I'll just start. Um, it's, chapter one is titled, Don't Quit the Quest. I had no idea what I was doing. I was 31 years old, eight months pregnant, in a wonderful but still very new relationship, and working a job that didn't suit me. Mostly, I was in a rush to figure out who I was, and quickly, before beginning my new unexpected role of mother. So there I was, stirring up my first batch of deodorant in the kitchen of my tiny rental in Portland. From the moment I started making, that kitchen was a disaster. The oils and butters dunked up every surface, and the sink was a few days away from being completely clogged. There were crumpled up papers of discarded recipes and notes littered across the counter. Essential oils and samples of my latest test batches cluttered every inch of surface space available, alongside my jars of homemade kombucha and hot sauce. My feet ached from standing, and I was already tired after long days at my full-time job. As I stirred, bigger questions swirled around in my head. Am I ready to be a mother? Should I stay in this job? Will we have enough money? And an old familiar one, what's my purpose? There it is. So it's, <laughs> I just read the audiobook too, um, not too long ago. And I, it was a, that was an experience in itself, like reading the 12 chapters and just like not anything I'd ever, you know, done. <laughs> just, it was fun. I'm sure also kind of emotional too. Yeah, there were, there were definitely parts. I was like, oh. And it was funny too, because I would pause and then I would like look at the sound engineers and I'd be like, that really happened. And like, <laughs> like having these little like side, side comments to like add to the story. And they would, you know, they were very patient with me. Like, all right, let's continue. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Got to indulge the first time author. And I, I love that it ends with a question because I think that's something that, you know, no matter where you are, in your life or career, no matter how fast or slow you're going, you're always sort of questioning or reconfirming what your purpose is. And I think too, at least when I'm writing or approaching storytelling, whether personally or professionally, I've always believed that it creates space for us to slow down, but it also creates an opportunity to lead with or ask really important questions that we might not normally have chosen to consider. And so with that in mind, is there a particular question that you hope people start asking you more often? You know, I I really just want to be seen as someone that's relatable and really just enable others to see themselves through my story. Um, so I'm an open book, right? Like any question is a go. And I, um, one thing I'm excited about is, you know, my book launch, I've had a lot of people reaching out and saying, you know, once I read your book, is it okay if I reach out to you with questions? And, you know, I'm, yes, I, I can't wait for that. And so um, I just want to be seen as an approachable person and like a, that has a story that, that people can relate to and that they can, you know, pursue themselves. Yeah, I think, I think that's already clear, but maybe it's because I know you a little bit that that approachability seems a little bit more palpable. But I think we're also, you know, in an era now, because we're so connected digitally, that accessibility is something that I hope kind of permeates 
business world in the sense of what's acceptable and what's not. And just kind of as you were speaking in terms of being an open book and being inviting, what's one thing that you hope to see change within the pace of how we do business in 2020? I think we need to stay focused on ourselves and our goals and be careful not to compare ourselves too much because with so much information and so many people talking about their personal stories, it's hard not to compare and we can sort of lose lose sight of like our bigger vision, our goals for ourselves. And so, um, you know, I just want to make sure that we maintain a culture that's, you know, not overly competitive and just more, more focus on, on the self and the, the team goal. Yeah, I think that's definitely establishing culture and creating that space for those conversations to lead. It's a really good first step. I think that in itself is probably a whole other conversation. But for this interview, I actually only have one more question. And I like to ask it to bring these conversations full circle. And that question is, why do you think slowing down our relationship to content will ultimately help us live, work, and feel better? I think it offers more balance to our lives to just remove ourselves from, you know, the constant chatter. Um, It makes us more present with our families and our friends and ourselves. I think, um, you know, for me, time alone is so important. And when I say time alone, I don't mean, you know, sitting um, on the couch with my phone, looking at social media. I mean, like, truly maybe sitting outside and just (laughs) staring off into the sky and just like being present with myself. I think there's a lot of personal development that that comes from those moments. That was my conversation with Jamie Schmidt, founder of Schmidt's Naturals and Color and author of Supermaker, Crafting Business on Your Own Terms. And you can learn more online at supermaker.com. Also follow Jamie on social at Jamie Schmidt. I hope you enjoyed this episode and stay tuned as we share highlights on our own social platforms at Slow Stories Official on Instagram and at Slow Stories Pod on Twitter. Thanks so much for tuning in.